Tonight, I want to look into the life of Uriah the Hittite. Second Samuel chapter number 11. I want to begin reading in verse number 1. And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in the eventide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. From the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elim, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her and came in unto him. And he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned unto her house. The woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was coming to him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. David said unto Uriah, Go down to thy house, and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord. And went not down to his house. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down into his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then thou didst thou not go down unto thine house? And Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents. And my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As thou liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. And David said to Uriah, Tarry here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. And when David had called him, he did eat and drank before him. And he made him drunk. And at even, he went out to lie in his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, 
set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. And it came to pass when Joab observed the city, that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David. And Uriah the Hittite died also. Fast forward with me, if you will, to verse 26. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when the mourning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife, and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Now tonight we are all familiar with the story of King David in Bathsheba. <clears throat> if you're not familiar, I just rehearsed it in your ears as we read the Word of God together here this evening. See, it's about a great king who the Bible would tell us was a man after God's own heart. David always did that, that which was pleasing unto the Lord. Yet it gave us just a little cursor there at the end of the verse, and we will conclude that verse momentarily. We all know what sin will do in our life. We are all aware of the shame and the guilt and the wreck and the ruin and the disgust that sin will bring about in our lives. You have heard your pastor say many times, sin will take us further than we want to go. It will keep us longer than we want to stay. It'll cost us more than we want to pay. And my friend, we are living in a day and hour where the guilt of sin and the shame of sin has been swept under the rug. And what used to slick down the back street now struts down Main Street. And what used to be a shame is in our Congress, it's in our White House, it's now in our government. And God help us tonight. We have lost our fear of what sin can do in our life. I can see what sin can do. I can see what happens when someone lets their guard down. My friend, the devil don't care how big and bad you think you are. The devil don't care about your status or how many brownie points you have in the church. The devil don't care how great of a Christian you think you are tonight. The devil will tear you up in a split second if you ain't careful. He will shipwreck your life. He will ruin your testimony if you ain't careful about this thing called sin in your life. We are all aware of David's sin. We are all aware of what he did. And he did what us typical Baptists probably would have done. <laughs> he got out his broom and he started sweeping things up under the rug. I'm sure David was thinking about his, his popularity polls, thinking to himself, Oh, oh man, if, if Israel had found out about this, 
Uh, my popular uh, rating will go down if this gets out. i tell you what I'm going to do. David probably said to himself, I'm just going to sweep this whole thing under the rug. I'll I, I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign this old boy's death certificate. I'm going to give the orders to General Joab. Joab is going to call a retreat, and then they're going to retreat, and Uriah the Hittite will lose his life on the battlefield. That's exactly what I'll do. Well, the Bible said Uriah's wife got word. And got wind of it. And she mourned. And then David sent and brought her unto himself. But boy, let me tell you. There was a long bony fingered prophet by the name of Nathan. That called out King David and Bathsheba. Called them out on their sin. And there was a God up in heaven that knows all about it. Let me tell you tonight, we can try to sweep it up under the rug. We can try to dismiss it and we can try to ignore it. But I'll tell you tonight, secret sin on earth is an open scandal in heaven. There's a God in heaven who knows what we say. There's a God in heaven that knows what we do. And He will deal with our sin. That old Nathan, that old Nathan pointed his finger in David's face, and said, Thou art the man. But tonight, tonight I want to talk about a man by the name of Uriah the Hittite. You never hear a whole lot about him. But let me say this, if there was ever a man that was done wrong, I mean, if there was ever a man that got the dirty end of the deal, it was the man by the name Uriah. See, just at a first glance, nobody in the Bible has ever been done more wrong other than the Lord Jesus Christ, in my opinion, other than this man named Uriah. I'm sure some of us can relate that uh, Uriah was very faithful in every area of his life. Yet it seemed as though everywhere he turned, although he was faithful, everywhere he turned, somebody was trying to do him wrong. Maybe tonight, you know what it's like to pour out your heart, to pour out your soul, your, your tears, your money into somebody, only to have somebody do you wrong. I think about that spouse that's been faithful all these years, has raised children and worked his fingers to the bone only to come home and find a dear John Litter waiting for him. I think about that church member that's been faithful to the house of God. It seems like the more faithful they are, it's like they can't win for losing. I mean, it seems like their car is the, their car is the one that always breaks down all the time. And it seems like their heat and their air conditioner is the one that uh, breaks down all the time. I think about that friend that, that you helped, the one that you would move heaven and earth just to see them prosper. Only for them to take your heart, crush it, stomp on it. Hand it back to you and walk off like they never knew who you were to begin with. I'm preaching it right and I'm preaching it real tonight. Maybe you have done something to somebody. Maybe you have done more than anybody. 
And you have given more than anybody. But for some reason, you ended up getting the raw end of the deal. Just like Uriah the Hittite. I mean, I'm talking about tonight. Somebody took advantage of you. Somebody used you. Somebody that you invested in that you thought were real. You thought they were legit. You thought they were genuine. Only to have them trample on you one day and just completely walk out of your life as if you never existed to begin with. Are you hearing me tonight? Listen. If we are not careful as we journey through life, the devil will begin to jump on our shoulder and he will begin to pose questions tonight. He will begin to cause us to second guess yourself as, and he will, he will pose questions in your mind such as, is it really worth it? Is it really worth doing your best for God? I mean, you're, you're faithful to God, right? You're faithful to church. You give your tithes. You give to missions. And the devil begins to whisper in your ear, is it really worth it? I mean, you pray. You walk with God. You do the best you can. And sometimes it seems you can't even get a leg up on things. You just can't win for losing. Am I preaching it right tonight? Have I gotten down to your house yet? Is that where we all live? I'm talking about Uriah the Hittite. Uriah was faithful when nobody else was looking. See, it's easy to be faithful when everyone's eyes are on you and everyone is patting you on the back and telling you what a good little Christian you are. But what about when everyone's eyes are off of you? Uriah was faithful when nobody was looking. When nobody is waiting on him to pat him on the back, to congratulate him, to tell him what a good little faithful Christian he had been. Nobody was waiting in line to tell Uriah that. In Matthew chapter 25 and 21, that verse hadn't been written there yet. Uriah didn't know about the part where it says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful in a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. As faithful as Uriah was, they still did him wrong. They still took advantage of him. Which poses a question tonight. Am I really doing the right thing being faithful to God? You see, in the eyes of the world, <clears throat> Uriah looked like a fool. In the eyes of the world, Uriah looked like a foolish man. I'm telling you, somewhere along the way, the devil is going to remind you of every time that you were faithful, every time you got behind your pastor and supported him, every time you done what you were supposed to do, but in spite of it all, trouble still came to your house, the bottom still fell out, the trial still found you, and the problem still seemed insurmountable. There are going to be times that you went out, times that you went above the call of duty, only, have, only to have it blow up in your face. 
That's what the devil will do. But I want to talk about Uriah the Hittite tonight. I want to say this by way of introduction. I want to show you how Uriah lived. As far as I know, as far as I can find out, Uriah the Hittite was faithful and true. I mean, he never turned one way or the other. You can try to turn him any way you want, but Uriah never turned away from being faithful. He came out clean every single time. Uh, Uriah lived a holy and respectable life. He was faithful unto the Lord. So how did Uriah live? I noticed that he was faithful to his wife. Say amen right there. David sent for him to go unto his wife. And in David's mind, he's thinking, (laughs) I know. I know Uriah won't turn mama down. They haven't had any intimacy in months. He's been out there on the battlefield for months and he's so tired and lonely. In David's mind, he knew Uriah hadn't been chasing out all them wild women. He hadn't been hanging out with the boys. He was faithful to his wife. By the way, men, there's nothing wrong with being faithful to your wife. And while I'm at it, women, there's nothing wrong with being faithful to your husband. I noticed that not only was Uriah faithful to his wife, but how else did Uriah live? He was faithful to the king. You see, King David had sent a death letter that ended up being his own death warrant And David knew that Uriah would be faithful to him. Now don't you just think that Uriah was tempted to open up that letter? Don't you think Uriah was probably thinking, well, you know, when no one's looking around, I'm going to open this up and I'm going to see what's inside this letter here. Mm. But David knew that Uriah was a faithful man. He was a holy man. He was a just and upright man. Uriah wasn't going to peek in that envelope. Uriah wasn't going to open that up. You want to know why? Because Uriah was faithful to the king. Can I say tonight it wouldn't help us to be faithful to the king. Because the king has been faithful to us. Amen. How did Uriah live? He was faithful to his general Joab. See, Joab ordered Uriah to the very front of the lines. And I don't think Uriah bucked. I don't think Uriah kicked. I think he just listened. Whenever the general gave him the orders, I don't don't think Uriah said, Well, you know, I'll be honest with you, General Joab. I just, I don't feel like it today. And... I'm having a bad day. I I didn't sleep good last night. My arthritis is is acting up. You know, I just I just don't think I'll do it today. Oh no. I think Uriah said something along the lines of Yes, sir, General Joab. I'll go out there with them men and I'll fight till the battle is over. I'll do the very best I can to honor the king and to honor the God of Israel and to honor Jerusalem. Hey, Uriah was faithful to General Joab. How did Uriah live? Not only was he faithful to his wife, the king, and his, his friend, the General Joab, but he was faithful 
to God. In verse 11, you'll notice in verse 11 it says, And Uriah said unto David, The ark. Mm. The ark. The ark! What's he talking about? He's talking about the presence of Almighty God. Uriah said, I have to be faithful. And I have to be faithful to God. God give us some people that are faithful. Like Uriah. So I've talked about how he lived. Now let's see how Uriah looked. You say, Pastor, how did he look? Well, I'll tell you how Uriah looked. To the human eye, he looked like one of the most foolish people that has ever lived in the world. Although he lived faithful, he looked foolish to this world. By the way, the wife that he loved, he was faithful to her the whole time that she was having an affair on him. Listen to me, I'm getting somewhere. A wife that he loved made a fool out of him. The king that he served broke his heart and is now running around with his wife. Then the general, Joab, that he had no doubt went to boot camp with, he ate with, hung out with, no doubt probably became great friends with, this guy now is setting Uriah up for his death. Now, does it not cause you to stop and ask the question, where is God in all of this? Where is Romans 8.28 right about now? You know where it says, and we know that all things work together for uh, good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. Yeah, you can quote that. But you know, Uriah didn't have that verse. But you want to know what Uriah was? Uriah was still faithful. And I want to speak to you tonight on some reasons why it's not foolish to be faithful. To be the faithful few. Tonight, you know we are living in unprecedented days. We've never dealt with what we're dealing with recently. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that fell by the wayside. There's a lot of people that say that they're God's youngins that are not doing what they ought to do. There are some people tonight... They say that they're God's youngins, but they are living in fear instead of faith. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's not foolish to be faithful. You might look like a fool in the eyes of the world, but it is worth it to God to persevere and to remain faithful no matter the circumstances. Preacher, why should we be faithful? Let me show you number one tonight. We should be faithful because of the grace that was shown. We should be faithful because of the grace that was shown. I thank God for His grace. Amen. And I thank God that He loves me in spite of myself. I don't know where I would be tonight without the good grace of Almighty God. And I want to show you the grace that is found. I want you to look at verse number 3 in chapter 11. And David sent and inquired after a woman. And one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? 
Look at verse 6. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah unto her. Look at verse 17. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died. I want you to look at verse number 21. In, in verse number 21, at the very end, thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Look at verse number 24. At the very end of the verse, and thy servant Uriah the Hittite. You say, preacher, what in the world does any of those verses have to do with grace? I'm glad you asked. See, if you study your King James Bible, you will find that the Hittites were under a death sentence. See, God said to annihilate that crowd. Get rid of the Hittites. Get rid of the whole crowd. The Bible said when Israel entered into Canaan, God told them to do away with all the Hittites. I mean, completely wipe them out. But somewhere, Somewhere down the road, I don't know how it happened, but this one little man named Uriah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Uriah the Hittite was still alive. You know what that tells me? That tells me that there was a Hittite that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I'll tell you what, uh, tonight, all we are tonight, we're just a bunch of Gentiles that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If everybody in the world has done us wrong, there's a God up in heaven that has done us right. We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve grace. We don't deserve mercy. But the God of heaven, has reached down and he has plucked us out of a devil's hell and he set our feet on the solid rock and he's established our goings tonight. I'm talking about we belong in hell tonight with our backs broke. We deserve every single thing that we have coming to us because of our sin. But by the good grace of God, by the blood that was shed on Calvary, you and I now have freedom in life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I mean, he was right when he was born in that manger. And he was right when he lived a sinless life. And he was right when he went to Calvary. He did us right when he rose up on the third day. If everything I do from this point forward makes me look like a fool, I want to keep on going for the glory of God because I'm saved by the grace of God. And God showed me grace. He should have left me. In my total depravity. He should have left me. In my wicked and helpless estate. He should have left me. In my sin. He should have let me rot. Where I was. But he delivered me. By his sovereign hand of grace tonight. Bless his holy name. My friend you may have been done wrong. Well. Let me tell you. You're still on your way to a city whose builder and maker is God. You say, Pastor, somebody's turned on me. Well, you better thank God that there's a God in heaven that will never leave you and never forsake you. See, it doesn't matter if the whole crowd turns their back on you and throws you under the bus. They say they're done with you. They rag on you. They rail on you. There is a God in heaven that is for you. And we ought to be faithful 
for that reason alone. Let me show you number two tonight. We should be faithful because of the grief. We should be faithful because of the grief. I'm talking about how Uriah lived was faithful. How Uriah looked was foolish. But I want to talk about how Uriah left here. (laughs) Amen. Listen, Uriah died with joy in his heart. Listen, he died loving his wife. He died obeying the rule of the king. He died obeying his superiors. And he walked off the battlefield one day, bless him, right into the arms of God. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to say tonight is that Uriah died without grief. You see, Uriah had never knew what his wife did. He was too busy being faithful. He never heard the message, hey bud, your wife's pregnant and uh, that baby ain't yours. He didn't have to deal with that. When you die faithful, my friend, you don't have to deal with a lot of stuff that other people deal with. You don't have to deal with a lot of grief about what you should have done for God, what you could have done for God, what you had time to do for God, what you didn't do for God, because you are too busy doing it. Uriah died without grief. Oh, for King David. King David, it was not so. For David, he had a son that died, a daughter that got raped, And his third son, Absalom, ran off with his throne. Uriah never knew hatred and bitterness. God sheltered Uriah from that. For David's life, it was not so. The Bible said the sword never departed from David's house. His life was full of hatred and bitterness. Uriah never knew hurt. He died with a clean testimony. For David... It was not so. The Bible said that even the enemies of God mocked and scoffed and laughed at King David. Are you hearing me tonight? Is it foolish to be faithful? I don't think so. Let me show you this as well. Number three tonight. It's not foolish to be faithful because of God. See, in 1 Kings chapter number 15 and 5, it says this. Because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. Now here's a question we need to ask ourselves. Was God bringing up David's sin there in 1 Kings chapter 15 and 5? I personally don't think so. We better thank God that there's a God in heaven that doesn't bring up sin, but forgives sin. I think God was bringing up David's sin only in the matter of fact that he was bragging on Uriah's faithfulness. I think God is letting everybody know that he has a faithful servant by the name of Uriah the Hittite, who's done what he's supposed to do. And in the eyes of the world, not anyone else besides Christ was probably done more wrong 
than this man by the name of Uriah. However, there's a God in heaven that's keeping score. And He smiles on His faithful few. My friend, I want to tell you tonight, it's not foolish to be faithful. You hang in there. You hang in there. You be faithful to God. Be faithful to the church. Be faithful to your pastor. Be faithful to your tithes and offerings. Be faithful to missions. You be faithful in your walk with God. And I'm telling you, He's going to be good to the faithful few.